Namaste and shalom, everybody out there in dreamland. This is Rumors of Instinct 1987. Thank you all very, very much for tuning in once again to the greatest truth platform, uh, channel, studio, whatever you want to call it, that basically strives to not only highlight the realities beyond the uh you know current conspiracy theory um sensationalism but also one that hopes to eventually strive for the um creation of that hopes to eventually strive for the um creation of a network of independent uh, authentic content creators with integrity and with mutual respect and promoting dignity in the uh, you guys call it dignity in the workplace dignity in the, in the creation um, system of, of both profit sharing and um uh, you know, support collaboration of talents, synthesis of energies to one day create a real library of, or real university of conspiracy theories, which are actually not a disrespectful thing at all, but the conspiracy hypotheses um, that basically are as authentic as any speculative anthropological work or speculative sociological uh, research or um, you know human sciences social sciences liberal arts such as psychology such as um, you know economics things like that these are real academic level um, intellectual pursuits which should be promoted and shared and supported the same as research fellows in major universities um, and we should be considered in society, and I hope that through my efforts right now, we will soon be considered in society as integral and important to um, a culture's uh, advancement and health as their liberal arts type professorships and things like that. I mean, if you value the idea of um, education and culture within society, you have to foster open-mindedness you have to foster um legit you know philosophies of self-education and um controversial uh modalities of thinking you know you have to be meta about this assignment without any kind of bias or idea of control of thought which i believe a big part of, I don't want to be too talking here, but a big part of the YouTube community and a big part of the conspiracy world itself is set up to kind of foster a type of competitiveness, a type of uh, mocking uh, cynicism. And, you know, the large amount of mocking cynicism that is here today within the field of conspiracies, within the field of speculative alternative realities is in part mostly due to the extreme amount of bias and um, um, microaggression, passive aggression 
currently within the university establishment as the acceptable, permissible um, patterns of thought become ever more narrow and restrictive that a ever-increasing amount of current realities already proven, you know, like already researched, uh, you know, works and things like that, already written works, um, will go missing as well as the future works, which could be written, which could have, you know, greatly contributed to society, uh, will go unwritten. Uh, we're facing basically a new lost generation. Um, the more we persecute and, um, hold on a second, this is my studio space right now, and yeah, I have my iPad to record with, and my cat is... <laughs> going to knock it off of the table because that is what kitty cats like tip tip panthers majesticus domicile he's a panthers domicile the house cat love to do and she heard my voice and she wants attention so just kind of bear with me a second okay she was all tippy oh she's oh she's boarding Oh, it's just boring. Okay. Such a beauty. Okay, I guess she's off of that little, off of that little kick right now of wanting my attention, so she's going to violate my personal space. Oh, no, she's back at it now. Okay. But, yeah. Um, I didn't record. Stop the recording, right? Okay, so. Crisis averted. Now, we are going to be kind of uh, jumping back into the whole idea of the Northeast-West-South news system that I've got going on. And we're going to be kind of talking again about the, uh, the lack of progress in our progressive nation basically the fallacy of any directional movement within a stagnating empire on the verge of a decline and collapse. Um, best way to look at it is culturally, and obviously culture is a synthesis of the real actions, attitudes, and events inside an empire. For example, as Rome began to lose territory in war, uh, you know, with warfare because of the tactics and because of the situations involving their, you know, uh, pissing off of native tribes and disrespecting traditions and things like that, then, um, you know, as, as their empire started to wane, the Roman culture, you know, underwent a uh, change so significant that historians would later fathom that the Roman empire suddenly ceased but it really was just a mass adoption of other values, seemingly overnight, due to the real events of empires, uh, empires uh, waning, etc., etc. The lack of faith in social systems, lack of faith in governments, right? Um, particularly because of the cost inflicted upon the citizenry, etc., etc. Now that was the ancient world's modality, and, and basically our understanding of the ancient world was signally fractionally realistic. Uh, I think, though, the memetics, that actual philosophical discourse, that actual educations of their citizenry, um, which were prioritized over others, 
uh, basically redefined identity to the point that no one started calling themselves Rome anymore, Romans anymore when the capital Rome ceased to be of any real political importance due to the splitting of the empire between east and west uh, with the capitals being in um, Spain and Byzantine, uh, Byzantium uh, Turkey, Constantinople um, you know, Istanbul and so um, once the, the geographic uh, theaters have basically evolved, then the idea of calling yourself a certain thing yeah, becomes irrelevant and becomes something that people wouldn't even think is a popular thing to do or a worthwhile thing to do. Same thing with, I believe, the eventual collapse of America is that, ugh, kitty, gotta be a patient cat parent. Yeah, um, that the idea of calling yourself a citizen of the United States will become irrelevant once certain uh, factors are mitigated, such as the idea of internet citizenry or of, um, you know, of, 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 of a large list of other factors, um, such as internationalism, etc., etc., if, for example, a international civilization or society or state cra state was crafted overnight, purely intellectually, but given all the authority of legality, um, and opened its opened its uh, you know to anyone who wanted to become a citizen and and immediately gave them rights, then you would see a massive immigration over there unless it was made illegal, and even then. Culturally, within a few hundred years, it would become the more prominent and dominant type of uh, Western world system, where it was a, say, for example, a virtual citizenship, where it doesn't really matter about your geographical location. If you have internet access, you can apply, and then uh, you know be informed of all your state's uh, progress. In fact, it would be a country without borders, you know. And so, the idea of borders really is what people confuse with identity politics. It's the, uh, the, the lines of a map, you know, and that, that if you win a lottery, basically, you get to, you get to be one of uh, many lines on a map. And so basically, um, we're not really making any progress so much as we are experiencing the nature of empires and nature of societies, uh, same as any other and we have created the illusion of progress due to our ignorance of other empires, to be honest, due to our provincial nature of other uh, state systems, so that when we view ourselves, we view ourselves in a vacuum. We view ourselves as literally the only nation to be undergo, to have undergone or to undergo any of these social phenomena. Uh, not our intellectuals, of course. Our intellectuals know full well what's going on, but it's not listened to by the great, vast uh, powers that be. Uh, not like the powers that be are, are headlong, ignorantly charged, they're preparing. It's just that, uh, you know, the, the culture gods, things like that, don't want to don't wanna, uh, worry anyone unduly. Since they know it's, it's, it, it's a matter of uh, destiny, basically. You know, it's a matter of the natural order of things. So they prepare to survive and progress the same way as the noble houses of Rome did. 
uh, who were educated enough to know that the society at large of uh, freed slaves, etc., urbanites, things like that, were going to collapse due to ecological or uh, political, you know, uh, changes. Uh, basically, though, what you see that the same thing's being prepared for today. Now, you can notice this from the same arguments now being held in public discourses and public squares where a, a massive lack of trust in major things. Back then they used to call them ruling houses, nobilities, whatever, states, city-states, uh, tribes, you know, whatever the authority was. Your war chief, your god, your tribal like leaders, your elders, whatever. Um, down to the, that was down to the days of the, the nomads and stuff like that. So basically, your ruling class, your priest class, in your in America is our business class. It, it got combined with this not a merchant class, which deals with trading, which deals with commerce, which deals with like the providing of exotic luxuries or the international uh, diplomacy necessary to you know trade and buy and trade, which was like say for example Dutch East India Company. They weren't inventing anything. They were just more so procuring it and finding it and securing it. You know, uh, along lines like you know that would that were extremely uh, productive and uh, profitable. Nowadays, our business class has been told to us to be an intellectual class, a technocratic class, specifically um, that certain individuals are born with a loki of genius that can foresee or to devise or engineer um, certain technological advancements that revolutionize the world. And in real time, we take this journey with them and profit as they profit. And as they become billionaires, our lives also are enriched and the society that we live in is changed, stepped into the future. And it's, it's basically a, a proof of our system, you know, our, our capitalistic system, and... Oh, jeez, my knee. Oh, yes. Oh, no, you're going to get on tape now. Oh, yes. You're on tape now. But it's a proof of our system. And it's a proof of capitalism. It's a proof of technology. That, you know, innovation is possible, and it's being made, and it's profitable. So there's no reason why technology would be covered up. There's no reason why um, the majority wouldn't be given access to what the minority currently has. You know, once the once Elon Musk is going to invent his his you know magic toy of the year or whatever, then um, society would obviously be given access to it due to the ironclad you know rules of capitalism with which we all follow. You know, it, it's. It's, in America, the only God that really exists is this invisible hand. Austrian, or via, uh, yeah, Austrian economics. And so, things like social networking, or the social platforms which were once considered an oddity, or a luxury, or even a more juvenile um, pursuit, a juvenile obsession, uh, 
based on a culture that was ever more increasingly socially isolated and uh, and uh, kind of plagued by difficulties in socializa- socializing and uh, say for example expressing you know oneself like you know basically seeking such things as a live journal deviant art uh, something awful etc at their forums to find you know kindred souls to find friends and things like that and now it's a utility for business for the transformation of information for the support of the country itself in many many ways that people apply through jobs and then have their Facebook account you know verified much like their uh, criminal record much like their uh, it's an idea of social credit it's a very fascinating concept when it comes to really understanding the importance of a thing is how much it affects someone's social life for example you can survive in the modern world without electricity but doing so would affect your um, would affect your standing in society significantly to the point of it being almost a self-exile rather than a true lifestyle choice a true exercise of individuality or independence to be say for example living inside a city, living on a grid without the utilities such as running power or water or electricity is seen as almost unthinkable and uh, actually almost unpermittable. I believe some cities have zoning laws and rules which would uh, you know, force you to evacuate the premises if you, for example, if it was deemed an unsafe or unsanitary type condition, even if, say, for example, you kept it absolutely meticulous, it would still kind of be one of those things where you are considered an extreme eccentric and, um, you know, kind of maybe even made a small celebrity because of it and, and infamy, you know, because it's just such a strange thing to kind of think about is that it's the freedom of choice to opt out which is becoming less possible to the point that never before have so many people felt like this is a conversation that's relating to them and important to them because it is and um, you know okay so I guess I'm getting off my point here 20 minutes into it let me just start going by going by our first first news story isn't really so much specific headline but it is the idea of the big tech censorship that companies such as, you know, for example, uh, Twitter or Facebook or, you know, um, uh, all those other ones are becoming something where they are, they're on the line for infringing on people's constitutional rights as well as them defending that, their actions by the rules of private business and of uh, capitalism. It's the idea that if you really do privately own a place, you can uh, choose whose business you wish to engage in. Right? Like that's the idea. I have self-direction of self-destiny, which is a, which is a fundamental uh, reality in America. But at the same time, society is not given this choice because we are becoming um, beholden to a monopoly, a utility, which we are being basically screened uh, for based on our credit of having used in the past, as well as 
not necessarily being offered any idea of competition or any 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 kind of notion of of, of uh, competition if choosing anything else you know on the public main majority of things for example uh, like I don't particularly use Facebook anymore but I was there for its inception in 2005 and had it until about 2016 so I understand its rise as a college only way of networking between students to um, you know being this all encompassing domain for public conversation and contact it's like a new telephone book or a new uh, phone service this one including multimedia assets such as images and video you know and, and algorithms to kind of recommend or to, to control what would they call the news feed um, you know your front page things like that but I also understand that back when it first came out there was an idea of fatigue of overuse of oversaturation and at the same time of monopoly that Quickly, quickly, the idea of big tech, big tech's monopoly, which was already a, a question of issue in the '90s, um, you know. But immediately when it came out, that was the issue: was whether or not it was dominating people's lives and dominating their imaginations to how reality really ran and and would run. To the point that if you're not on Facebook, it's like you technically don't exist regardless of any kind of real, you know, tradition of that sense. Like saying if you didn't have a phone number, uh, technically you wouldn't be, you know, like that's that's the level of things. If you didn't have a phone number for the last century, you technically weren't able to do any business. You basically weren't able to exist as a real person. In fact, getting a listed number or getting some kind of access to uh, being able, like an answering machine or something like that, was a sign of legitimate adulthood. Same thing with Facebook, same thing with your Instagram, same thing with all these things now, is that your ability to create and then to operate a social media uh, account on one of these networks is akin to being a legitimate adult. Now, the issue of banning comes into play because it's not so much that people shouldn't be banned off these things if they violate, say, um, you know, guidelines, whatever, set up by a private company. The idea, though, is that it's a non-reviewable, non-appealable. Uh, like, there's no Facebook lawyers, a defense team, which is the checks and balances set up between a legal party, nor is there any kind of recourse um, for error based on the company's part. And I understand that there is always issue with this with utilities. But at the same time, I understand that public utilities are a very hot topic within local communities, especially local polit- uh, political communities in small towns, etc. The idea, though, is that it's governance by the people and represented by the people, represented by their constituency. And yes, in America, there's a lot to be said about the for-profit thing. But if it is a utility, then it's a, almost a guaranteed civil uh, civil uh, right that you're given at least possible access to it, you know, like in some way or the other. So the debate becomes whether or not a monopoly is, you know, dangerous in America. 
which it's no longer whether or not a business has the right to do this. It's whether or not that a monopoly of a utility is dangerous. And like I said before, the myth of progress in this country. This has been the debate for almost 200 years since the creation of utilities, since the idea of creating the grid, of modernizing the, of the, the world, of connecting you know, east and west you know, with the railroads and things like that, that people who stand to profit from the creation of services play the numbers game and they do not care about individuals. They care about, you know, the bottom line, the majority, their, their quarters. Now, when you really think of the scale of America, it's a very strange thing. Because in European countries, their rights can be protected. And yes, that there's an idea of whether or not it, they go too far in defending certain minorities' rights over the majority... And that's their debate, but it's never an idea that their services are completely uh, suspended from their from their control, or suspended because of their uh, the current situation's political bias and things like that. They have their own problems. I definitely do understand they have their own problems with freedom of speech and things like that. But um, especially when it comes to historical truths and ideologies, certain ideologies, understand that every system has that. Every every forum is going to have controversies related onto what's the limit and why there should be a limit and both sides, you know, engaging in this endless tit for tat because the people who want complete freedom um, have to deal with the consequences of complete freedom when it comes to the the actions of those who are enraged because they can't censor those who are enraged, the people who are enraged into seek change if they gain enough public support through their uh, freedom of expression to get change and they can limit the freedom of expression possible and thus they're always kind of on the loot like a a down losing slide slide where your freedoms are constantly being eroded due to the freedoms that you are giving people the freedom to publicly gather for example becomes the freedom to form uh, mobs, rioters, and things like that, which are used against you uh, to, you know, destroy the the things, the the buildings, the structures, and the statues committed to a freedom, which was, you know, that's what I'm saying. It's this kind of ironic matrix world where nothing really progresses. We don't really have any change or evolution, and it just keeps becoming this idea where um, it's a understandable and inescapable reality where it's people mastering the controversy mastering the arguments mastering the debates over their lifetimes and they do so thinking that this is going to benefit them in the long run in reality their souls are being trapped by this matrix because if they fight for the black side or they fight for the white side it's a constant chessboard or checkerboard, uh, a game board. It's game. So, with this big tech monopoly censorship thing, now that we're seeing, say, for example, the, the owner of Twitter um, speak about his actions like they were a military action, you know, weighing out the the consequences of though, you know, he's going to publish a book like Schwarzkopf or something. Every man's a tiger, you know, and he's going to be like telling about his heroic 
uh, coming to terms with his authority and, and, and the consequences of his actions and, you know, the, the give his own manifesto about how things uh, should run out. See how these things, people are becoming demagogues from businessmen? It's because they're like, you know, exactly. It's this combination that the business class is becoming something greater than that. They're becoming these um, philosopher kings, these philosopher aristocrats, um, you know, due to big tech. And it's all bullshit. It's all this matrix where they're hiding the real technology and suppressing the real technology and giving us crap. They're giving us absolutely the worst, uh, easiest access, um, you know, lowest common denominator type technology. Uh, just look at Facebook. Really look how simplistic and juvenile Facebook is for something that's the most successful website in history. Like, successful internet anything in history. It legitimized the internet. It really did. Because up until about the year 2010, before people were easily accessing Facebook, you know, like older people, mature people, different people of society, to perform business and things like that, the internet really was considered kind of like a waste of time or a dumb, frivolous pursuit amongst uh, extreme fringe groups. And yes, it was influential on the massive boom uh, globally into the third world, into the everyday person's life, into, um, you know, not just the hobbyist or the enthusiast of certain things um, or people who are idly wasting their time, but real, um, it became this legitimate thing now what opinions were on the internet or what people's, you know, statuses were and things like that. Like, real culture was starting to build up behind it. Now, when you say move to this kingdom, intellectually, spiritually, you are governed by its fake, false kings and things like that. And the idea of people now... And I know this does affect a lot of people in the truth community. It affects a lot of people in conspiracy communities why I'm speaking about it. Their website, their Facebook pages, their programs, their projects that they associated these last four years with various things. And with, with, in the last, not even the last four years, since it started, are now afraid. They're now genuinely concerned that their progress, that their projects professionally and uh, creatively are going to be, you know, at risk of being censored by these tech giants. Same thing with myself when Facebook or YouTube. That as someone who uses YouTube, I am quite aware that strikes exist. I've gotten almost canceled myself after two strikes. Um, I I understand the pressure. I understand having videos blocked. I understand living with that sword over your sword of Damocles over your head, where if you really do happen to be on the wrong side of an argument at any given time. Um, the powers that be might just make an example of you and chop you up down. But at the same time, I understand that there is also, you do have to use the platform, you do have to take the risk. Um, the reason why I don't do Facebook is because I personally detest the idea of people using, being, being used as guinea pigs. I personally detest the idea of people being used as guinea pigs. And Facebook has openly admitted to using people as guinea pigs. That's about all I'm going to get into that. That they affect and manipulate people's emotions. 
that they affect and manipulate people's ideas of the, the world and of themselves uh, through subtle hypnotic su you know, like suggestions and things like that. It's basically MKUltra for the masses. And, you know, I'm not saying any other social platforms are okay. I mean, I understand I use Instagram as a product of Facebook. Um, at the same time, you know, like, i rather uh, be as uh, wise as a serpent and, you know, with the heart of a dove, you know, because you have to kind of play the game. You have to kind of, and because of that, I understand that this is all a game. This is not something where I'm going to be uh, absolutely devastated by if it if this proves to be against it. Because I already know about alternatives. I already know about this stuff. Uh, fun fact about myself: in 2000, uh, you know, 11 and 12, I was an aviation electrician. I started wanting to get back into computers. Started getting into uh, real computer engineering, real uh, you know, software design, hardware design, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera got really into it, and the first time I tried to use my GI Bill, it was in the University of New Orleans, you know, to become a computer engineer, electronic, electrical engineer with uh, computer engineering um, specialist, uh, specialization, right? And the woman I was living with was a software engineer. So together we were two computer, um, you know, engineers, hardcore computer engineers. I watched tech TV all my life. I'm no slouch when it comes to computers. I've been on the internet since 2003, you know, like in my home, like actually being on it. You know, I've seen it kind of what it can be and what it, what it should be and, and how it really is. Like, you know, the truth, truth of it. Red hat, black hat, hacker con, uh, all that stuff. Those were real topics back in 2014, back, you know, six years ago. Uh, anonymity of beating big tech monopolies, of um, defeating the rise of these uh, moguls, these new tycoons and empires, of, uh, you know, Jeff Bezos's Amazon, or uh, even, even um, uh, things like creating your own OS, your operating systems, and things like that. Um, things like Tor, things like your, your anonymity, your privacy, uh, deep web, dark web stuff. That was an active subject that I was not only exploring, but mastering and um, starting to get really into. The only reason it stopped is because I quote-unquote became a normie. I became a kind of yuppie who was really only seeking to uh, fill my bank account and to spend that, that money as fast as I could, um, you know, as, as often as I could, and trying to kind of achieve that, that quote-unquote American dream. Which, uh, you know, it came back and bit me because I was fully cognizant of Bitcoin in 2012, for example. I, could, I had $10,000 in uh, 2014 to spend however I chose, and I chose to try to uh, live in a bigger city as fast as possible, etc. And so it just didn't really, you know, work out for me uh, because I'm not very intelligent that way. And I had a very uh, fatalistic attitude, I had a very nihilistic attitude, and I just didn't see in the long term enough. But now I'm slowed down, and so I see, like I say, all, the, all my rowdy friends just settle down, and I kind of see now that um, I wasn't wrong. I was just kind of living at a hurt. And it's different, and, and people, people will know that if they've ever been there. That when you're living at a hurt, you're kind of just uh, making very, very short-sighted decisions because, you know, you're trying to change 
and find answers for things that, you know, it, it becomes one of the things where it becomes a soul-searching thing. Exactly. That's a matter of soul-searching. Anyone who's been through soul-searching knows that um, you're not worried about saving. You're not worried about concepts like um, re- revenue and, and return of interest and things like that. You're interested in, say, for example, having a child. You're interested in, say, for example, um, securing a really nice apartment. You're interested in, for example, um, going to, like, a really good concert. You're, like, you know, or, like, you know, having a really good dinner. You're only interested in the day. You live in the moment. And that's the thing, like, I have been both sides. Living for the future, having these long-term goals. And then when reality happens to you, it, it happens to you and it breaks your heart. And then uh, living for the moment, living for the day. Now, when people always say I live for the day, if they say, well, go back to them in five years and, tell them, and ask them how that was... You know, they, and you do that. You have, you give them five, six, I think it's been almost seven years now since I started doing that I live for the day type thing. I'm only living for the day. Like, I'm not even thinking about 48 hours. It's all 24-hour type goals and things like that. It's when you start, survive, when you survive that and you start looking back, you start realizing that it's all kind of an even flow, zero-sum game, no matter which way you do it. Because unless you understand that the world isn't making progress, the world is not going backwards or forwards depending on any one person's actions the world is basically always the way it is nothing new under the sun that things like um, this dystopian cyberpunk reality that we live in a big tech creating computers and cryptologic uh, crypto uh, graphic uh, encryptions and things like that and it becomes an arms race of, of people who create their own you know independent uh, operating systems like Temple OS and and your different kinds of uh, Linux systems and things like that, versus the big uh, totalitarian computer people who are trying to get your telemetry data and manipulate your emotions for profit. It, it it's the same as the people who were you know the steal this book anarchist cookbook uh, type philosophies back when, you know, your old independent presses would exist in the yippie movement and stuff like that. The system versus the rebels, uh, you know, red versus blue, things like that. These are dichotomies. These are, these are Hegelian dialectics. They want you to radicalize. They want you to become extremists, tech extremists. See, that's different than real extremists because tech extremists are, uh, socially, uh, more docile if you're in war zone if your battlefield is in the virtual field in the virtual domain they would they they always say that like like poets and journalists and artists are the most dangerous form of dissent in totalitarian societies and then i re- i believe that too when i was a when i was a young intellectual and so i kind of started wanting to become like a you know writer and a wartime journalist and an artist that would take on, you know, real issues, and you start thinking about that. Who's telling us that? The system that, that won through violence and oppression and totalitarianism, like, or, and so, like, the fascists that won the Spanish Civil War are saying that Federico Larca is, was the most dangerous rebel because his pin, you know, caused more damage to the state than a thousand bullets or a thousand rifles. Um, and it's like... 
They shot him. Like, they didn't... Like, they want you to believe that bullshit. They want you to think that this rebellion is possible, and it's possible through uh, pure ideology and intellectualism, pure philosophy, for example. They want people to, like, live, you know, shivering in their off-the-grid type uh, little, you know, bunkers um, against the elements because... It's not like they're progressing. It's because they've chosen to regress from the system. They want them to go hungry philosophically, ideologically go on hunger strikes. They want them to weaken themselves physically and weaken themselves um, socially. You know, uh, start isolating. Start uh, seeing the world as an us-versus-them system. Start seeing the world as, you know, a battlefield, an intellectual battlefield. And if the more radical you start spouting, you know, the tenets of Marx and Engels and creating, you know, uh, powers to the people type software and, and limiting yourself to only people who understand these types of code words, things like that, you were doing the bidding of the larger, you know, state status, the state apparatus to be the technocratic uh, monopolies because you're getting off of their platforms that they've already kicked you off of. You're no longer being even able to engage in others in debate and form some kind of union or cooperation within that kind of network because you have chosen to ideologically isolate yourself and distance yourself. You know, um, it, there's a thing where it's not like you can have both. It's not like you can live in both spheres of reality at once. You're either radical one way or radical the or, or not, and that's the thing. Like you either are become radicalized in your many different ways, whether it become like, oh, I'm all for internet private privacy and anonymity, and I don't dare bend a knee or, or cooperate with anyone who isn't. And then there are just people who are normies and they don't understand, and they are kind of actually intimidated by the whole thing, and. You know, you, you've already basically um, either become a, a flagship topic for people who are disenfranchised and who are, uh, you know, impoverished or, or whatever, socially or mentally or emotionally, which is not someone you want because they're not thriving. These are toxic people that you're going to be bringing to your, into your um, circle and stuff like that. You know, you want to be engaged with real, healthy human beings who are versatile, who are diverse polymaths, who understand that humility and expertise is the backbone of progress, you know, actual commitment to action and, and society to others, selflessness, not radicalization, not strife, not some kind of ideological warfare, um, but real, you know, like real work, real strength, it's going to take real patience and real work and real longevity, real commitment, you know, to helping society move forward into either providing access to a large amount of people for real technologies, like disclosing these real technologies, um, or simply just preserving the information for those who choose in this matrix of reality, in this plane, to educate themselves, and to do so against the, the the criticisms and the pressures of the whoremongers, of the hypocrites, of the, of the uh, you know, rabble-rousers. 
that our paid shills, our paid disinformant agents, and things like that, like on Wikipedia, th- that whole thing is a disinformation campaign, where if you look up like alternative technologies, like zero-point energy or electrogravitics, they, it's just there to cite it and then say why it's impossible and, um, you know, really kind of make you fall in love with it, and so it can slightly manipulate you, so absolutely manipulate you through subtle means and through slight little, uh, you know, demoralization things like that, like citation needed. That's the whole mimetic demoralization technique. See, that's really where the big culture war comes from, the big tech war of wanting to create culture, create themselves as, as, a, as cultural authorities, and then to create themselves into academics, into the priest class, into that, that level of intellectual aristocrat that exists because they have mastered that which our society thinks is the most uh, advanced or progressive embodiment of itself. That America, if you really asked it, what it thinks of itself, like why it thinks it's superior you know, are even independent or unique from other things, would say its ability, its free and open ability to access things like the internet, or or movies, or television, or radio, you know, to engage in these these, uh, things, both as an audience, and as professionals, and creators, you know, industry leaders, things like that, to, to see democracy to see capitalism flourish and to not only be inspired but to participate in this 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 creative dream or this American dream we see the same things in social media we see the same we see that and even more in social media the idea of becoming an Instagram millionaire or having a um, you know business that's solely sustained through Facebook uh, traffic or to engage in community the same way that we would, we would engage with friends or with you know, close family members over events in our lives, such as pregnancy announcements or, or new jobs, um, to kind of publish and create our media and our interests uh, the same way we would do so if we thought we were going to be seen on television, the same way we would be things that we'd do so... Um, in the same exact formats and medias that's inspired by the people we do listen to, the people we are inspired by. Hell, you don't think I I listen to countless thousands of hours of talk radio, of internet videos like on YouTube from different uh, from thousands of different creators over the years. Uh, I'm 33 years old and I've listened to, I'd say, years straight of this media content. It's because it speaks to me. And in some way, I've always known that I could, that I, that it wasn't beyond my grasp. Unlike sports, unlike um, the military, which I also took a stab at, but then I realized quickly what it was about—the the the aristocrat, the aristocracy of the top brass, etc. Versus you know, and, and the cultural um, enslavement of the enlisted class. Um, which was, which is tradition, which is absolutely how all militaries are run. And not being of noble birth myself, you know, realizing quickly the writing on the wall. Um, but when you create a culture yourself, when you create this culture of discourse, 
say for example the idea of professors and their importance on their students opinions and lives you've created this then you have the understanding that your Facebook influencers your CEOs your actual people who do the, the coding and programming are affecting millions and millions of people with little to no oversight given the obsolete rules of generic service providing companies a new culture and of laws of actual legitimate laws so a new government system maybe new government agencies will have to be created to police these institutions and these services just like the better business bureau it was created to to kind of regulate businesses trustworthiness providing the services when capitalism became something that you could not operate in the society, you could not live in the society without, without trying, without being. So people's social credit, people's reputations are regulated in hundreds of different ways, legally, with real ramifications, with real consequences, by real state, I mean local, state, government, federal, federal government type agencies. You know, FBI arrests more white-collar criminals than any other type of criminal every year. It's because the FBI, as a federal bureau of investigation, is really the main institution that has allowed authority to look at people's records, to look at, to seize people, say, for example, tap into their phone lines, violate their personal secrecy, privacy, and matters of business due to an overruling national assembly of laws regulating private commerce or personal business personal affiliation pers- you know, exactly like the idea of conspiracy to commit a crime that they can actually uh, seize property and things like that through the RICO law through the sheer proximity of an individual with others that is a system that is going to need to be applied to social media and the internet sooner than later I'm not saying it's progressive, not saying it's regressive. I'm just saying it's the same status quo that a new utility has been created in this world. This now the matrix has a new uh, thing to uh, run people by and to control people by, and that they're going to need Agent Smith to pop in there to police it because it's how the matrix works. It's what the matrix is. It's a meta system of platforms, institutions, of conversation, communication and um, community with, its, uh, with their own economies with their connection to larger economies etc. It's all human nature at the end of the day but which becomes something of a battlefield or as a police state simply because that's how the matrix works there's no progress the America existed simply to you know um be the be the the federal be the thing. See all those words it created, you know it, it borrowed it 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 is you know it helps it is defined by. To be the matrix. You know to be, that system. Of control. You know like they, we 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 understand the matrix through the the verb verbology through the words lexicon. 
of the government, of governments, of human governments. You know, and exactly, this idea of the Wild West of the Internet is over. Manifest Destiny has already been achieved. You know, like... It was achieved a long, long time ago. So yeah, there's been no progress, and there will be no progress made on that front. And that was the news story of the day, was this big tech censorship, and what I think of it. And I'll be posting a few macros on my Instagram page, speaking of that. So if you want to join me on my Instagram page, at Rumors of Instinct, all one word, uh, or hashtag Rumors of Instinct, trying to get that trending. Um, you can follow me and be privileged to all the macros and memes that I kind of, uh, you know, take in and digest every day, uh, specifically to kind of um, illustrate my points as I make them. Because, you know, I, I, I'm a visual learner as well as auditory. I'm also a big fan of multimedia. And so I, I kind of encourage a visual component to everything I do. And, in fact, I kind of can't wait to start working on projects of mine to either create illustrated videos of my short stories or to, uh, you know, work on more professional-level production documentaries, including complete imagery, you know, computer graphics, things like that. Lots of star wipes. Now, um, that was the news story. Science story of the day, because remember it goes news, science, and then uh, entertainment. Right? So, science story of the day. Uh, scientists have studied how or why people believe they can communicate with ghosts or be imp the idea of the sixth sense. They basically try to scientifically explain away the sixth sense. I'm going to read to you the article because it is fucking hilarious and absolutely exactly what I was saying when it comes to. Um, science not really doing anything and just kind of saying the obvious and, and, and fucking trying to take credit for being some kind of intellectual uh, necessity you know, as a whole. So, mystery of why science... This is from RT. Question more. Mystery of why some people hear the dead unraveled by new study. 6th or 18th, January 2021. Staggeringly, one in every hundred UK citizen believes that they can communicate with the dead. Prominent figures, include, including Celine Dion and Keisha, also say they can sense the departed. Now, scientists have tried to understand why. The strange and spooky phenomenon appears to be much more popular than one might think, prompting a team of researchers to scrutinize dozens of mediums and spiritualists in an effort to unpick why some people believe in the paranormal. Spiritualists believe the human souls continue to exist after death and can communicate with the living through a medium or psychic. It reached the peak of its popularity in the late 19th century and has made something of a comeback in recent years. The UK research indicated that there are hundreds of thousands of people who believe they, uh, that they believe they have um, dot the country, right? So it's basically uniformly spread data points, right? Unsurprisingly, the phenomenon of conversing with souls who have departed their mortal coil did not stand up well to rigorous scientific examinations. Really? Scientists don't believe that people think the ghosts are real? Or people, people can speak to ghosts? Like that, that's what I'm saying. Scientists disprove that people can speak to ghosts? 
The scientists discovered that spiritualist mediums are more prone to immersive mental activities and frequently have unusual auditory experiences, particularly early in life. The immersive activities include experiencing altered states of consciousness and imaginative activities. They have imaginative activities early on in life. Oh my God, that explains everything. Our findings say a lot about learning and yearning. For our participants, the tenets of spiritualism seek to make sense of both extraordinary childhood experiences as well as the frequent auditory phenomenon they experience as practicing mediums, explained researcher Adam Powell. Mediums who hear spirits are said to be experiencing clairaudient communications rather than clairvoyant seeing or clairsentient feeling or sensing communications. But all of those experiences may result from having certain tendencies or abilities than from simply believing in the possibility of contacting the dead if one tries hard enough, Powell said. The study saw Durham University researchers carry out a survey of 65 mediums from the Spiritualist National Union. It, see, unions. We need to unionize as conspiracy theorists, as truthers, or as people who believe in this extraterrestrial, extra-dimensional, extra-reality uh, type phenomenon. See, spiritualists, they got the message. They, they, they're pretty, uh, pretty savvy when it comes to understanding that, you know, they need to create a community and they need to uh, defend themselves and to protect themselves, also to promote themselves. You know, promote their own achievements, promote their own abilities, promote their own interests. It found that over 44% of the participants reported hearing voices of the dead on a daily basis, while more than 33% said they heard a voice within the past day. Most of the mediums heard the dead inside their head, but about 30% said they heard voices both inside and outside their head. The average age of onset for clairaudient experiences was between the ages of 21 and 22. The scientists also surveyed a control group of 143 members of the general public to understand the key traits of the mediums. The results indicate that people who hear voices turn to spiritualist beliefs to explain the meaning of significance of their strange experiences. The researchers say that they hope the findings will help people to understand more about distressing or non-controllable experiences of hearing voices. So they didn't say for certain what these experiences that they truly were hearing, but they said they were hearing voices and they were prone to imaginative episodes early on in life. Thus, hey, they must be making it up or not only making it up but hearing voices in their heads which is a reality that science apparently has already mastered you know already accepted but the idea of communicating with ghosts yeah there's not enough evidence for that and thus that doesn't exist you see how science has once again answered a question and can people talk to ghosts <laughs> Or can ghosts talk to people? Their answer was no. Ghosts don't talk to people. They didn't provide any data or any kind of lab, you know, like, proof for that. They just said that, nope, these people were all subject to hearing voices. And they were uh, children who liked to imagine or had imaginative episodes. Uh, sorry, Celine Dion. Um... You don't actually have a sixth sense to communicate with the other side. You have not quite lifted the veil to the great beyond yet. <sighs> Science. Right? Ain't it a bitch. And so, yeah. 
Um, that's the science news. Now, for the um, entertainment side of things, and I'll be wrapping this up kind of uh, after this. So, entertainment side of things, I highly, highly recommend the movie Tomb Raider. Laura Croft Tomb Raider, filmed in 2001 with Angelina Jolie starring. Excellent, excellent action film. Um, excellent Angelina Jolie film. I mean, it has an Angelina Jolie vehicle. It's just kiss. And so, basically, it gives you plenty of fan service, and it gives you plenty of action, as well as the it, very unique late 90s, early 2000s uh, supporting cast, cliche kind of characters that really do mesh well and work well, especially the uh, British uh, posh villain of the... You know, he's in a Serpa Illuminati uh, member. And, oh, and the bad guys really are called the Illuminati by name. They say that the bad guys are the Illuminati, and they have a triangle symbol, a temple symbol, uh, you know, a, a pyramid symbol. And the whole quest that Laura Croft gets into, because if you haven't heard about the franchise that's over 30 years old now, that the Laura Croft uh, career is that she's a tomb raider, and she raids tombs, for relics, so that the idea of is that the um, what was the guy's name? The guy who plays James Bond now. I don't know. Point is, uh, the new James Bond, like the lat, like the current one, uh, is a is a kind of like former friend, but now has to work in a um, kind of captive. Cap capacity for the evil guy, and they're in, I think, Jakarta, you know, when the movie kicks off. Uh, first of all, it kicks off in her England chateau, of course, and then you go through her backstory, and she gets drafted for this project due to the evil guy. But basically, um, they go get one half of a artifact, right? And this artifact, or one third of an artifact, and this artifact is to create something that can stop and change the flow of time. Now, from this ancient ruined city of great myster mystical and mystery importance, right, that has, and they show you automata, they show you like mud flood type theory, they feature prominently in the third act a encounter between the Illuminati, Lower Croft, inside a pyramid in Antarctica. As they fight for the control of a time machine due to the alignment of the stars and the planets and shit like that. You know, like the heavenly bodies. So as the heavenly bodies are aligning, like the Mayan calendar type of beginning of a new epoch, they have the ability to kind of like grant one time wish and to kind of like, uh, you know, have complete mastery over time. Um, so they get all the Dragon Balls. Uh, or the time, the period, sides of the the the, the, tri, the triad, the triumvirate, and uh, like you know, like link, like they have like little triangle they got built up, and the triforce, and they control this time machine, and she gets their action, she gets the ability to to kind of grant a wish, which is saving the the co-star and everything. It's pretty, it's pretty cheesy at that level, but at the same time, leading up to it and watching it is a very enjoyable experience. Uh, it's it's very much like Xena with guns, if you if you like that kind of entertainment of a 
strong, you know, uh, badass femme fatale, um, kicking ass and taking names and saving the day, which I personally do. I actually really, really like that um, aesthetic. You know, I think that it's much older than the current politics, so I don't think that the current politics mar or ruin anything at all. I think, though, that it's a solid aesthetic, especially for uh, real Western-type films. Um, you know, the idea of the the, the, the woman, uh, woman of war, uh, Athena, you know, seeking action, real type of Wonder Woman theory. You know, but like a more realistic-type Wonder Woman theory. Like, you know, she's, she rides a motorcycle, and she has guns, and she's like doesn't wear a dress or she can't cook you know like something like that like I think she burns something in the microwave which makes very little sense but it makes perfect sense when you actually watch the movie for uh, how simple and effortless the cliched character building really is like they kind of it's it's a filmmaker's movie I think that's not a mistake to say is that this movie will be best enjoyed by people who have a invested interest in script writing or action films, or in uh, creating maybe future films of themselves. Because it's absolutely a paint-by-numbers, you know, action film set in that, that era of the late 90s or 2000s, special effects with the range. But the subject matter is absolutely, uh, you know, when you, when you watch it now with open eyes, you can't help but giggle because she's really battling the Illuminati over the over a time machine in an Antarctic pyramid, and you know that I mean I think it speaks for itself, and I really really do recommend Laura Croft Tomb Raider two thousand one. That's my entertainment uh, review. Um, let's see, did I have a YouTube review today? Did I have a YouTube recommendation today? Yes, I did. Okay, so, um... I would like to recommend uh, Fool TV. Let me actually pause this and make sure I'm doing it right.
Okay, let's see. We got this uh, being pulled up right now. Remember, kids, always have your pages pulled up so you don't have any dead air episodes like I am currently enjoying right now. And it's not a big deal. Ain't no big deal. Exactly. Like it's the end of the world. Okay. Okay, full TV. Yeah, I was right. Full TV. That's F O O L, capital TV. Okay. I have recently come across this channel and actually subscribed to her on my other uh, personal YouTube channel. But since I've been using this Rumors of Instinct, Rumors of War channel for the last, um, you know, six, seven months exclusively almost, that I just kind of didn't really remember or, you know, to be honest, like this was actually not a very. Um, you know, instant decision, like, I started making my videos, like, you know, every once in a while, in February, and then kind of really started taking off and committing to it, once I start feeling how good it was to express myself, you know, so, Full TV was one of the more, um, small scale and subtle channels that I remember really watching, and now I've just kind of rediscovered and found her channel again, and I watched a lot of videos over the last couple of days. And one of these videos I watched was Hot Take Society is Trauma-Based Mind Control. Any question why I'd like to recommend this channel? She's obviously coming at these events and topics with a very open eye, with a very open mind. I mean, Hot Take Society is Trauma-Based Mind Control. And in this video, which is 11 minutes and 27, long, 27 seconds long, so very digestible, accessible formats, she speaks about coming to the conclusion with her friend about a, you know, or what, by watching these, this thing, online that um, alters that the idea of MK Ultra uh, mind control of um, the manipulation of certain individuals for the gain of others or for the, the expressed desire of others is a fundamental aspect of the society and of our society and of our nation as a, as a historical event and as a reality. Specifically, she talks about this idea of littles as a altar in little space. Females who choose to personify the personalities of children, or at least their child selves, due to triggers or to um, the desires of the company of others, specifically men. And that the idea that men grooming and fostering and encouraging this behavior within teenage girls until, but legally like waiting until they were legal as sexual partners, then exploiting the fact that they can kind of have this pedophilia relationship and eat it too and, but legally get away with it that being something that new people, current people are opening their eyes to is encouraging and I highly recommend people you know, because it's good to hear others coming to these conclusions. It's good to hear others see it as well, because it can not only educate you, but can make you feel as if though you're heard yourself. So definitely, even though I've not contacted her or even, you know, commented on any of her videos, I highly recommend Fool TV. F-O-O-L-T-V. If you made it this far, you have guts, so definitely go off and, you know, invest the few uh, moments that it would take to watch, you know, that video... Like I said, 11-minute-long videos, they're not very long, they're not very, uh, 
you know, complicated. They're just vlogs. But her points are really eye-opening, and her points are really uh, encouraging if you're coming to these conclusions yourself. If you're coming to these realizations yourself, it's not going to educate you if you're already, like, a Zen grandmaster of, you know, all the shadowy, terrible things in our society. But it's good to see people grasp these somewhat extreme aberrations of, of, of psychology and things in the terms of how our society is fundamentally created and to see and to grasp this concept of, you know, of psychological alters, of, you know, dissociative personality types, uh, of fetishistic emotional trauma control, things like that, within society and at, at such a young age herself. She's, she's not, you know, a, a, she's not someone that you would think would be gaining access to this information. And I know it's saying that, oh, it's hugely underestimating uh, the youth. But yes, as someone who was young recently myself, you know, I only became 33 years ago. Exactly, so like, I'm 33 years old now. I can tell you that 20-year-olds generally don't think about this stuff, man. They don't, they're not encouraged to. They're not really even interested in it. Like, they are interested in it if they have personal... Uh, you know, their personal reasons for it, if they've already had their eyes open. But sooner or later, your eyes will open, but it's not sooner. It's typically not sooner. It's like the teenagers, 20-year-olds, 30-year-olds, 40-year-olds, typically are not interested in waking up. Exactly. I'm kind of two decades ahead of the curve when it comes to your average age of a truther or, you know, an average age of someone who's reaching their psychic awakening. You know, and so to see someone else who's also a young adult uh, waking up, very encouraging you know same thing I have with uh, a lot of these other content creators it's a deep respect a peer to peer respect uh, you know real recognizes real I understand I see her intelligence I see her wheels moving and I see that with a lot of other creators as well currently I believe that we're in an amazing decade a generation of an amazing decade a generation of growth and uh, progress. So definitely, definitely, definitely recommend uh, Fool TV. Cannot, cannot speak highly about her enough. Fool TV. Let me actually pull up a little bit more. Everything just kind of stopped at once, and I think that's very, very strange. Like, um, I was speaking about Fool TV. And I was speaking about her, and I gave this this long um, kind of like reason why I believe in it, or reason why I like to, like this channel. I'm just a little taken back right now because at the 105 mark, the 105.55 mark, the video camera stopped. It paused. I didn't hit pause. I didn't hit stop. But it didn't move, and I spoke. for a considerable amount of time about two or three minutes and then I looked down on my audio and my audio had stopped at the 647 work so just now turning back in this is very strange because I didn't it's not explainable and that's, that's really that normally doesn't happen nor would it happen 
given the circumstances. Huh. I wonder how that's going to look out on film. But if you are watching this right now, know that, that my camera had some technical difficulties. And um, hopefully the podcast uh, recording has picked it up, picked up what I said about her. Because we're just going to have to kind of roll with it. You know, I can't take back that, that, that impromptu, uh, improvised uh, few minutes. But definitely recommend Fool TV. She has a playlist on Mind Control. She has a playlist on, you know, her own. It's basically a blog. It's a blog for her own intellectual discoveries and her own experiences. Definitely go subscribe to her channel. Give her views. Give her views. Uh, give her likes. Give her support. Encourage her. Um, you know, welcome to her truth community. Because she's doing a lioness's share of work. And I kind of want to get other independent amateur creators out there and expose and you as my audience can help out that um, simply we build each other up and together we are stronger you know together we are the ants and we're going to build this utopia you know one ant at a time so thank you all very much this has been the news north east west and south news the way I see fit you can't use it <laughs> so none of this you can use it's the news and so yeah the, the myth the progress big tech censorship uh, science um, says he can't talk to ghosts and full TV or Laura Croft Tomb Raider good movie and uh, full TV good YouTube channel that's been my little recap thank you all very very much for tuning in namaste and shalom iron sharpen iron and a friend sharpens a friend thank you all very very much this has been Rumors of Instinct 1987 with the Rumors of Instinct uh, podcast um also being recorded, check that out. Anywhere podcasts are found, Spotify, Podbean, Overcast, um, you know, Anchor, Spotify, etc., etc. Also check out the other videos, other recordings I have on there, the episodes with my special guests. I have a lot of special guests. Also check out the Instagram page for notifications and memes, art, and uh, cool pics that are related to my channel and the SSP, etc., UFOs, conspiracies. That's going to be at Rumors of Instinct, at Rumors of Instinct, all one word, or hashtag Rumors of Instinct. So thank you all very, very much. God bless you and your families. Namaste and shalom. Peace out.